One thing we we never want to neglect is giving the Holy Spirit an opportunity to save people. And giving the Holy Spirit an opportunity to heal people. Amen? You know, by the Holy Spirit, I mean the Lord. I mean Jesus. We don't want to just get so churchy that we go about our business and forget God. That we fall into a rut. That we fall into the the ritualism of having church. We are the church and we should be moving as the church. Moving corporately in faith. Moving corporately in anointing. Moving corporately in power. Do you see that? Do you agree with that tonight? Well, most of you do anyway. And you know what? Since most of you do, the majority always overrides the minority. Hallelujah! (laughs) Amen. God bless you, sir. God bless you. After the service now, we got some information we'd like to get to you. So you just stay, stay hooked. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Pastor Tom. Awesome. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, tonight, it is water baptism that we're going to be having in a few moments. And water baptism is, in fact, it is one of the doctrines of the church. And if you look over Hebrews chapter 6, it talks about the doctrine of the laying on of hands, and it talks about the doctrine of baptisms, and that's plural. Baptisms is plural in Hebrews 6. And so when you get saved, when you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, something happens by the presence of the Holy Spirit. He baptizes you into the body of Christ. See, at one time we were outside the body, but when we get born again, we're joined to the Lord and we become one spirit. And so before a person then can be baptized, the next baptism, the baptism or the infilling of the Holy Spirit with the Bible evidence of speaking in other tongues, they first must be born again or baptized into the body of Christ. And then... There is this glorious experience of water baptism. And I want to I talk to you just a little while on that tonight. Is that okay? Oh, thank you, Lord, for water baptism. So your water baptism, as I'm speaking to all of the candidates tonight, it's going to be a powerful landmark celebrating a brand new life in Christ Jesus. Now, the word baptize comes from the Greek, Greek word baptizo, which means to immerse. It means to immerse. So the, the process of baptism then, it consists of immersion, submersion, and then emergence, or bringing one up out of the water. Many denominational wars over the years have been fought concerning water baptism. And they really could be avoided if people had just translated that Greek word properly to immerse, not to sprinkle. Now, I grew up in a denomination that when I was a baby, I was sprinkled. That's what my parents believed. That's what the denomination believed. But really, that is not the scriptural way to baptize. It certainly won't do you any harm. And if you were baptized as a baby... It doesn't mean that you're not born again. Because when you made Jesus Lord of your life, you're saved. 
But if you were baptized as an infant, you may just want to be baptized as an adult as well. And so the awesome significance of water baptism is that it symbolizes the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But not only the symbolization of those three things, but also our identification with Him in that. Say it with me, identification. That's a very biblical, powerful word. Turn me to Romans chapter 6, verses 4 through 6, if you would. So when a person receives Jesus as Lord, he identifies fully with what happened to Jesus Christ. And Romans chapter 6, 4 and 6 through 6 bears this out. Look at this now. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, now we walk in a brand new life. Verse 5. If or since we have been planted together, turn page, in the likeness of his death, we shall also in the likeness of His resurrection. Now, if you would, read verse 6 with me if it's up there. Ready? Read. That our old man is crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. So water baptism then is a physical act that should indelibly mark the mind of the person being baptized with your reality of your union with Jesus Christ. Say it with me, I've been joined unto the Lord and I'm one spirit with Him. Not only that, but water baptism is, I mean, this is a huge event. I love water baptisms because I know the impact that it had on my life. And I know the impact that it has has had on multitudes of people that I've known throughout our ministry time. Water baptism, it gives you as a believer the opportunity to openly testify to others that you are a child of God. That you are born again. Now we're going to baptize about 16 of you. I'm going to be up there with you. Tony's going to be there with you and me. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to give your name and to testify if you want to. If you don't want to say anything, that's fine. You don't have to. But by virtue of your presence being publicly immersed and coming up out of the water, you're making a public declaration that Jesus is your Lord. And you can expect a greater degree of boldness to be a public witness for the Lord from this day forward. Come on, somebody, say amen. Amen. Serves as an outward sign of an inward grace. The believer has been crucified with Christ, buried with Him, And raised together, living a brand new life. Look at Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. 
I don't have a long word here, but I've got a good word. And I've got a word that'll help you tonight. Galatians, the second chapter and the 20th verse. Water baptism, you know, has sometimes been called the wedding band of Christianity. Because it's an outward symbol of an inward work. Just as a wedding ring does not make a person married, but instead it's a symbol showing that someone is married. Baptism does not save a person, but it is a symbol that they have been saved. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Are you there? I'm trying to discipline myself not to always just read from the Blessedron there. Because I know the value and I know the importance of our eyes resting on the Word. And, and not only that, it helps me slow down. Because I have a tendency sometimes to, to go too rapidly and thus, you know, missing some things that, quite frankly, wouldn't be missed if a person would just slow down. In verse 20, he says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet, not I. But Christ lives, where? Around the corner. No, He lives in you. And now notice this. And the life which I now live, in the natural or in the flesh, I tell you, by the grace of God, I'm going to live it by faith in Christ, who loves me and gave Himself for me. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh, blessed be the Lord. So Jesus said in Matthew 28, He said, Go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost. We baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost in this place. And I know that small wars have been done, you know, and about, well, you're supposed to baptize this way or that way. Well, if you want to be baptized in the name of Jesus only, here's what I'll do. I will say, in the name of Jesus, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost. I mean, let's not fall out over that. Amen. Glory to God. I happen to be a Trinitarian. (laughs) Amen. So someone asked, you know, what about John's baptism? Well, John's baptism, if if you look at it carefully... Serve the purpose of revealing to Israel the Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world. But then when Jesus came on the scene as the Lamb of God, when He was baptized, it was to fulfill all righteousness because after all, He never committed any sin. Look at Matthew chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. Thank you, Lord. Matthew 3. Verses 15 through 17. And answering said unto him, Suffer it be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were open unto him. And saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. 
And I believe this, that it gives God great pleasure as you are baptized in water tonight. Sense the pleasure of God. Relish in this moment tonight. You're not doing this for your mom or your dad. You're not doing this for your grandfather or your grandmother. You're doing it in obedience to the Lord. And you're declaring, I'm following him. And I'm pleasing my father. And I'm expecting the Holy Spirit to come upon my life. And to counsel me and to help me. And to be my intercessor and strengthener. Mm-mm-mm. So the baptismal waters then represent a burial ground. When you were buried with Christ in baptism, you're proclaiming to heaven, earth, and hell that the old you no longer exists. The old me no longer exists. To be, to be buried with Christ means that your old self died to sins as Jesus did when he was made sin for us. And then finally, coming up out of the water signifies you're being raised to a new life in Christ. Everyone say, a new life in Christ. It simply means that when you're raised with Him, that you are going to make Him absolute, not just Savior, but absolute Lord of your spirit, your soul, your body, your finances, your income, your outcome, every area of your life. You are Lord. And then in closing, Romans chapter 6, verse 11 to 13. This becomes a real important scripture to you and to how that you live and that how from this day forward your life can be different. Romans 6, verse 11 through 13. I'm going to come over here to those that are being baptized. How many of you are being baptized tonight? Look at that. You're going to be all right. We not only dunk you, but we bring you up. Yeah, you're going to be just fine. No, no sweat. Amen. All right. Romans, the sixth chapter. Is that what I said? What verses did I say? Okay. Romans six verses 11 through 13. Notice this with me. Likewise. Now reckon ye also yourselves to be dead from this night forth from this day forth. You're dead to sin. But alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Yeah, I'm dead, all right. But not like, you know, in a casket. I'm dead to this world. I'm dead to sin. I'm dead to disease. How about you? So reckon ye yourselves likewise to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Glory to God. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. But from tonight forward, yield yourselves to God as those that have been alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, this night marks a very special night in the hearts and in the lives of these precious ones that have come in obedience to obey you in baptism. Lord, we pray for a supernatural unction upon them. 
a supernatural grace from this night forward that as they have obeyed you, that they will begin to walk in a greater dimension of the newness of life. When sin knocks on their door, because they've been identified with you, because they are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus, from this night forth, may they be stronger, may they walk in a greater capacity of the life of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.